All right, welcome to another podcast of White Collar Crimes. I am your host, Ryan Horn, and as always, we are thrilled to have you aboard with us. You know, in the world of white collar crime or fraud or whatever it is that we often deal with on this podcast, things aren't always what they seem. People aren't always who we think they are, and There's a real good example of that in what we're going to cover on this podcast, and the individual we'll be discussing is not actually, to my knowledge, been charged with a crime yet of anything in a legal sense, but no doubt was a major fraud and fooled a lot of people into convincing people he was someone he was not. And some of you might remember the name. It's not been too many years ago a Frenchman by the name of Stéphane Bouguin, and he patterned himself as a serial killer expert and fabricated a lot of stories and things that were not true. And sadly, it's easy to do. It's a catch-22 because with the Internet now, anybody can inflate credentials or anything they want to a level to make themselves seem like just a a superhero. A friend of mine and I always called people like this online superstars. It's very easy this day and age to inflate your credentials and your bio and make yourself look like you're something you're actually really not in reality. It's just a sad case that we live in or sad situation we live in with the age of the internet. But on the other hand, it's also much easier to check things than it is on before on people. We had a while back we had Steve Commissar on here, the Don of the Con Don of the Con as we call him. He calls himself and we are going to have him actually teaming up with us on this podcast. We're really excited about that and some more on that in a little bit. But he mentioned that too. He said this day and age frauds are easier because of internet technology because you can find information on people much, much easier than you could before. So It's something that we have to keep in mind now when we're looking at the next fraud or the next possible scam. Now, again, Stefan has not been charged with any crimes in France that I'm aware of, but he certainly was uh, a big disappointment to a lot of people who really believed he was something that he was not. And as I said, he was able to fashion himself as an expert on serial killers. So, who was the perceived Stefan Bouguan versus the real Stefan Bouguan? Well, the real one, as far as we know, he was born in Paris, France, to a military engineer father and supposedly had a very shaky academic career and supposedly had some suspensions, expulsions, things like that in school and was also reported to possibly be later on found out a high school dropout and sometimes again how we perceive things versus reality is just not the case like I'll never forget this when I was going to the academy to train to be a county correctional officer way back in the day after one of the days were over and we were getting close to the graduation a bunch of us from different counties there went out to a nightclub that was in the area it was more of a a, kind of an older crowd laid back it wasn't uh, you know anything for the young hip crowd or whatever, even though at that age I would have qualified for that. But nonetheless, uh, we went to there, and 
we were standing in line talking about different things, and I don't know how we got on this, but one of the guys pointed out when we were talking about Happy Days and the Fonz, he said, you know, we really think about it, the Fonz wasn't as cool as he was portrayed on that show. Uh, he, later we found out he was illiterate, a dropout. He was hanging out with high school kids half his age, and in reality a lot of people would think that's certainly not uh, the king of cool as the Fonz was made out. It really made me think, you know, he's kind of right, really, the Fonz was not really as cool as we thought he was or he was portrayed to be. Because I remember when I was a little kid, I had the Fonzie belt and little doll action figure and everything else. Everybody thought Fonzie was cool, but I hadn't really thought of it in that perspective. So sometimes you just have to look at that. And even though it wasn't that way found out right away, people would find out later that Stefan was not this literary expert and serial killer expert and everything like that. He was a school dropout who, again, had a pretty shaky academic career and upbringing. Now, the British publication The Guardian had reported that he began to talk about his wife's death publicly around the turn of this century. So we're going back just a little over 20 years, maybe. And he began to claim that his wife was murdered by a serial killer, and this motivated him to become an expert on serial killers, i.e. John Walsh, Adam Walsh kind of situation. And for those of you maybe that are listening from other countries, or maybe some of you newer, younger listeners may not know the situation, but I'm sure a lot of you are very familiar with the show America's Most Wanted. I don't know if it's still on, but it was on for many, many years if it's not on still today. And what inspired John Walsh to do this, his young son, I think was about 10 years old at the time, they lived in Florida, and his wife had him inside with a Sears store, looked away or stepped away just for a short bit of time, and his son was kidnapped and murdered, found out later by a habitual offender, sex offender, that kind of thing, and that prompted him to kind of go on a crusade to help bring people to justice that need to be brought to justice and America's Most Wanted focused just on that who was on the kind of like the top 10 radar of the FBI and again who was they wanted the most to bring into justice and they do stories on him provide their information and it ended up being a wonderful service he did it brought an enormous amount of people to justice a lot of people arrested that needed to be taken off the streets and he turned a bad situation into something good well in the case of Stefan, that just opposite happened. He turned something that could have been good into something bad by falsely portraying himself as something he was not. He even ended up publishing a book called Serial Killers, which was about a thousand-page publication, and it was published by a prominent publisher, I think, in France, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly or not, but Grasset or something of that nature was the name of the publisher. Fairly prominent publisher in France, and I know we do have listeners that are listening sometimes from France, so maybe you can help me out, send me a message and on there, which you can always get a hold of me, speaking of that, ryanhornvt at gmail.com if you want to be a guest on here or if you have an idea for a show or, yeah, if you can help me with the correct pronunciation on this would be greatly appreciated because we like to uh, have people on of all types. We like having guests and we like having ideas. And we're glad that we're able to continue to do that because we said recently we have a new sponsor, uh, The Weekend Angler. Check out his YouTube page, The Weekend Angler. If you like to fish, I know I do. 
you'll really pick up some really good tips on that. And we're thankful to have him aboard and some other good news we'll talk about here in just a little bit as well. But he became an instant hit, and he toured the country promoting this book, branding himself a, quote, expert on serial killers. Now, this day and age, and pretty much a lot of ages, what is really considered an expert is it's kind of like in the eye of the beholder. Uh, Court all the time will call experts to the stand, but depending on what they're actually calling them to testify about, that person may not be. Now, when you're talking about medical things and they call in doctors and high-profile people from that, most likely they are. But not every field, not every subject has high-qualified experts, so to speak, that may qualify on them. So expert is in the eye of the beholder. Some people may consider him one. Some people may not. He may have he may have actually learned a lot about him just by pulling off his scam and doing a lot of research. So not saying he didn't know a lot about them because he apparently probably did a lot of reading up on them. But what makes somebody an expert? There's not really, in my opinion, a clear-cut definition on how that can always be. So nonetheless, that's how he branded himself, touring himself around France on this book and as an expert on serial killers. And he began to attract a strong following, and he even had admirers in the law enforcement community. He became a little bit of a celebrity, and he tried to, again, sell himself as an expert and even probably an educator here. He's educating the police and whatnot on serial killers. And although France does not have the anywhere near the serial killers that United States has, and that was something else he was kind of famous for at the time too, is pointing out that serial killers weren't just in the United States. He was trying to point out that they are maybe in France or Europe or anywhere else throughout the world, that it's not just exclusively nailed down to the United States. He had gotten so prominent with law enforcement that he was actually asked to speak at France's National Academy for judges and prosecutors. I mean, these are the people of the law. The prosecutor, in my opinion, in most judicial systems, certainly in the United States, most powerful person in the system. He or she is the one that decides if the criminal charges are going to be formally filed against the defendant and pursued in court. Judge's power, in my opinion, mainly comes in at sentencing. That's when the judge's power kicks in. But prior to that, the prosecutor has an enormous amount of power and discretion, a big word I always use with my classes, on which cases are going to be tried. So he's gained not only prominence with the police, the general public, but now he's even gained some prominence with the prosecutors and the judges in his community and in his country. And as I said a little bit ago, one thing that kind of got him attention, especially in these in these regions, in France and other parts of Europe, was claiming that, hey, we need to take a look at this. This is not just a an American phenomenon, but we've got serial killers here. And that got a lot of people talking, a lot of people looking at it, because people are fascinated with serial killers. I That's why I don't do a podcast on that subject. It's oversaturated, and it's... I mean, I don't know about any of you, but I'm sick of hearing about Ted Bundy. Every time I turn something on, there's a new series or documentary or something. I am sick of Ted Bundy and, and a lot of these other ones. The country is so fascinated, and serial killers are such a microscopic part of the system. And, and as far as number compared to the overall general offenders, whether it be street crime or even white-collar crime especially, 
they are mag- a microscopic comparison to the overall crime that's out there. But that is where, sadly, most of the media and public attention seems to go in this country. We have just an, a very unreal attention that we give to serial killers. And in reality, they are a very, very small percentage of criminal offenders. But they certainly get probably the majority of the attention. And he was featured on dozens of shows throughout the country. And who knows, he might have even gotten to be on a podcast or two over there. Who knows? Uh, But he became a little bit of a celebrity. Got to tour around and and find himself uh, being wined and dined all over the place. And he, speaking of dress, he was known for his... uh, Geeky appearance, very flamboyant dresser, certainly drew attention to himself. But, you know, in the entertainment industry, that is a lot of what it's about, is selling an image. Which uh, I know from having a little bit of experience in that industry. And as I always say, if you are enjoying my narration here, I'd be glad to narrate your project, audiobook, or whatever. And you can check that out at ryan-horn.com, my website. Check out my Facebook page. Ryan Horn Voice Talent also. Be glad to do that. As I said, got some audio books that I've narrated that are going to be coming out. And we're also excited, speaking of actors, Steve Commissar, the clothesline scammer we talked about a while back. And the Don of Con, as you know, was on a couple weeks ago. We're going to be joining forces on a podcast, the Con and the, the Con Man and the Cop. That's all coming up down the road, too. So you'll get two very good perspectives from the criminal point and from my point, the law and academic side of things. So going to be a very cool way of looking at things. So it's an industry where image can do a lot and how you sell yourself means a lot in the entertainment industry. And that's basically what he was. He was kind of an entertainer wearing geeky flamboyant clothes and selling himself as this expert. And he claimed that he had interviewed scores and scores of murderers around the world and that kind of gave him a little bit of credibility and he even claimed to have interviewed David Horowitz the son of Sam now if some again some of you younger listeners or some of you maybe listening from other countries son of Sam was a 1970s serial killer here in the United States that held the city of New York in a panic I believe it was the summer of 1977 uh, murdered especially a lot of couples he was also a habitual arsonist claimed that uh, the dogs and demons and things talked to him and led him to do the things that he did and commit the murders that he did, really held New York in captive and in fear at that time, and was later brought to justice, and he got the nickname during that time, the Son of Sam. And also John Wayne Gacy, he claimed to interview, who was a serial killer right here in my home state of Illinois, although I'm on the southern end, and he was up in the Chicago suburbs, but Gacy was the one that sometimes would dress up as a clown. He uh, was Mr. J.C., community leader, this and that. But in reality, he was a convicted sex offender, had done time in prison. And he was a serial killer they found out had murdered about 33, if I recall correctly, young teenage or young adult boys, almost all of whom were found buried under his house later. Now, he committed this at a time when Illinois had a death penalty sentence, and he was actually given the death penalty. I believe he was executed back in 1994. Did a lot of his time in Menard in Chester, Illinois, which is not that far from where I'm located here. I believe they transported him up to Joliet or Statesville in the northern part of the state for his actual execution, but that was how justice was brought down for him. Now, if he were 
captured and convicted for this now, Illinois no longer has a death penalty, so that's not a sentence he would actually face. So he wrote over 75 books on the subject and produced dozens of documentaries. He even became known as France's expert on serial killers. And he even gave lectures to the police on the subject and claimed to have provided the FBI with video footage of his interviews, kind of a training tool. And, you know, so he, he's uh, really hooking and luring people in with his expertise. He got a huge following on Facebook, but... Stay tuned to find out that's just a little bit how he would get brought down to justice. It would also lead to his downfall. As I said, we're thankful to bring you his story and all the other ones we get thanks to the Weekend Angler YouTube page. And we're thankful to have them on board as our sponsor. But how it's good to have a lot of followers on there, but that also meant a lot of people may start looking into him and digging into his background. And some began investigating his claims. And what they soon discovered, that many were made up or plagiarized. In 2019, their publication, some of the investigators, the cyber investigators, so to speak, cyber sleuths, this and that, got these published in 2019. So this led the French media to start shining a spotlight on some of his deceptions, some of his claims, because what got him all really brought on the mainstream was, like I said, talking about his girlfriend's death and that he that she had been murdered by a serial killer. That's where a lot of his attention started coming into, and that's how he started trying to sell himself as an expert, claiming because she was victimized by a serial killer, this prompted him to dedicate his life to learning about him and educating people on him and on and on. So he admitted in 2020 that this claim that his wife or girlfriend was murdered by a serial killer was indeed fabricated. He had claimed that while he was visiting the United States in the early 1970s, he found his then-girlfriend raped and murdered by a serial killer. Now, he later admitted that he fabricated this story and claim based on the case of Suzerain, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Bickrist, who was murdered herself by a real serial killer, Gerald Stano, in 1975 here in America. So he's basing this off a 1975 case, claiming it happened a little bit earlier in the 1970s. Regardless, it was all proven to be fabricated, and none of it was true. And this is beginning his unraveling, where a lot of people realize now that his entire career has been based on a lie and a fabrication. He's not... uh, this big academic expert by any means because he possibly didn't finish high school. He didn't experience being victimized by a serial killer by his girlfriend being murdered by one because he later admitted that did not happen. And he was able to build a career kind of off both of those things and again did a lot of documentaries, TV shows, radio shows, toured the country selling the book. He really became France's, as they said, expert on serial killers. But the problem was... He was not an expert, and he knew that, despite selling himself as one. Now, he did apologize to his readers, but he was dropped by his publishers and producers. In the end, he claimed he actually only interviewed about 30 or so of the 75 serial killers he supposedly interviewed. 
As I said a little bit ago, Facebook age, internet age, a lot of claims like that can be traced down and checked into and found out to be not true. And even though he gathered a huge following on Facebook and social media, as I said, that also inspired some of these followers to dig a little deeper and find out that he was not who he was claiming to be. Now, if you ever want to, again, I know there's a lot of fascination with serial killers. If you really want to learn how they were dealt with and how they were profiled and all that is put together, and I recommend this book to my classes that I teach at some of the colleges in the area here where I'm at, although this is not technically an academic publication, it's an excellent book, but I would recommend the book Whoever Fights Monsters by former FBI agent Robert Kessler. And it's very fascinating. It's a book on serial killers and how they profiled them and how they came up with profiling and and how successful it was in tracking an enormous amount of them down. And they still use these techniques today. And speaking of books, as I mentioned on there before, friends, we have the the book coming up on how to spot a scammer. That will be out very soon, possibly in the next few weeks if things go as planned. So please stay tuned for that and stay tuned for the YouTube channel too. We're going to have that for the con and the cop that's going to be coming out. Be glad to be partnering up with Steve Commissar. And he is over also on Spotify for podcasters here. You can check his podcast out, Scam Junkie. Recommend that. A lot of informative stuff on there as well. And as I always say, yeah, check out my website, ryan-horn.com. Uh, Follow our Facebook page, White Collar Crimes. Always updates on the podcast on that. And uh, as I always say, ryanhornvt at gmail.com. Love to narrate your next project or have you on as a guest or have an idea. I love all three of them. I'd take any one of them from you. So be sure and follow us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you do. Help us build this audience. And we're confident that when we're going to be teaming up with the Donacon, going to help build it even more and together we can all keep this going and continue to educate the public on this subject because you are far more likely to be victimized most of you out there by a white collar crime and criminal than you are a street crime or street criminal and we want to continue to educate the public on that because the media doesn't give anywhere near as much attention to these types of crimes as they do the street crimes the serial killers on and on so please help us get the word out and educate everybody on that and we're very thankful that you've been part of that process so long all along this way so far as always say too please check out your local animal shelter and adopt your next best friend there you will not regret that either so that will wrap this one up but we are looking forward to seeing you back here again next week And thank you again for listening, and see you then next week, folks. God bless and take care.